Miriam Tazi in the house. And Malcolm Riddle. Come on, give me a little bit more than that. What do you want? Malcolm Riddle. There you go. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of American Riddle, people. That's right, we're back. We're running a little bit behind. Usually I would have this show up. Or I don't even think anyone really, anyone really pays attention when it goes up. I don't know, maybe. Some people are probably waiting for it. They're like, hopefully they are. <laughs> Why are you making it sound like, no, nobody does. Maybe. I don't know. Be more positive, Malcolm. Be more positive. Enough well, of the negativity. The reason why I'm, I'm bringing that up is I was thinking of maybe re- or releasing the podcast as as needed. You know what I mean? Like if we do something instead of trying to do it every week, like I'm some celebrity. When I'm not, you know what I mean? <laughs> trying to keep up with like. <laughs> yeah, but didn't you want to stay consistent so that you would? I did, but I don't. I, I don't have any way of gauging the amount of consistency listeners are tuning in so i was thinking maybe i should when i have a guest it could be you know once a month i'll release something or or twice a month you know what i mean that's up to you and that gives me time you know because sometimes you have like three a week no i haven't done that in a long time but it's been it's i'm just saying like you you have you have had material enough where it's like three weeks or three episodes worth different people in a week like just this week, you had a few things set up, and you were, you know what I mean. Just we could have done it. We could have done three podcasts this week. Yeah, but but would you have released them all at the same time, or would you have like waited a while? I don't to, know. That's what I I'm think. Ro- I think Joe Rogan does that. He'll he'll record X amount in a day, and then release upload them, and that's for that week. And but sometimes so on. we'll have information that's from like that day or that week, you know. So it's like weird if it's released three weeks later and it doesn't really have the same. I don't know, effect, or it's just not as yeah. new anymore, you know? I don't know. It's just, I'm used to it every week, but if you don't want to do it every week, it's fine, you know? No, I do. I don't mind, I guess. I'm just I'm just I putting a feeler your, out there, Mariam Tassi. No, I understand your, your feeling, because I thought about that before, too. But I like that, you know, even if we don't have a guest or something, it's still... Still put it out. Right. You know, still it's got like something commitment. to say. Well, you obviously do <laughs> more yeah. than me, but I got plenty to say. People. <laughs> you do. I don't know. Just some thoughts. That's all I'm doing. It's just uh, uh, voicing. We're just, we're just. <clears throat> what do you call it? Brainstorming. Sure. And what it's called? Yeah. We're just two people. I guess you can call it brainstorming. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're brainstorming ideas, and you, you guys can submit feedback. You know how to find us. You can submit it on Twitter at Malcolm Riddle. Even at Miriam Tazi on Twitter. Oh, really? You know the what last I mean? one. <laughs> it's just <laughs> private, anyway. I should probably open that up, huh? Yeah, you can start retweeting a little bit more. How about that? Maybe clicking on the Amazon banner. You guys know what to do. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Anywho, let's get the show on the road. Let me pot this down a little bit. So, we have a uh, we have a cool guest coming on. I haven't really got in and talked about uh, hip hop so much, but. Uh, I reached out to an old friend of mine uh, from the block, from the neighborhood. You mm. know what I mean? Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan's been in the in the center of the universe. And I said it before. All this shit hit the fan. Didn't, haven't I said it? Time and time again, Flint, Michigan is the center of the universe. It's a matter of opinion, but okay. Look, but I'm not talking about... <laughs> there's plenty of Flints all over the, all over the, the world, yes. for that matter. Thank you. There are plenty of people that are suffering. Yes. You know what I mean? Plenty yeah. of people that are, are without. Unfortunately, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. India's in the news a lot lately, too, actually. 
And of course, Flint, Michigan's in the news because of the water crisis, but also because it's the political season. You know what I mean? So now all of a sudden, after decades on decades, you know what I mean, of being down and out, now Flint, Michigan's in the know and everybody wants to come, you know, come and stand up, which is which is welcome. I'm not knocking it, you know, even if it if if it's a a phase or a fad or or just because it's the political season. But I mean, you know, the people have been suffering for for the longest, yeah. you know, in Flint, Michigan. So our our guest today, we have uh, uh, someone I grew up with in Flint, Michigan, and we've done a couple episodes called Straight Out of Flint uh, with Rico Phillips. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to start involving. I've got a couple other other people from Flint, Michigan that's going to be calling into the podcast as well. Uh, but I want to keep this straight out of Flint uh, segment going and uh, getting people's opinion how they grew up in Flint. Because what we're seeing right now is just a water crisis. That's that's just a kind of, you know, uh, sc- scraping the surface of what other issues have been going on there. You know what I mean? And uh, so I reached out to my buddy uh, Vic, a.k.a. SV point J, you know, we've talked, we've talked about him in a few episodes and just, uh, about the whole coming up in hip hop, the hip hop culture in Flint, Michigan, uh, in the, in the, in the eighties, in the early days mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, how the uh, Vic was a dominant figure on the South side of Flint as far as MCing, And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited you know, he was he's been traveling the world, he's he's serving the country. Yeah. Yeah. He was abroad for a while over in Italy. That's nice. Yeah, for a long time. So we'll we'll find out. We'll get down. We'll get down to it. Okay. And see what S V point J the Jamwar. You know what I mean? He's got many names. What? What's so funny? It reminds me of the Jamwar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's Miriam's laughing. For you, you, you may not know the inside joke, but there was back in the day, there were no outlets. You have to understand, there was no YouTube, there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no SoundCloud. So for MC to to get time on the mic, and it was a big deal. Like now, I've got this microphone, I got a couple mics, I got a mixer, computer. If you had this back in the eighties, you were god. <laughs> right, you were God. It, 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 for us to get on the even near a radio station was impossible. And one night we went to this local this club uh, uh, in in Flint. Well, is outside of Flint, Michigan. Actually, uh, we went to this club, and it was uh, like an open mic night, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, the guy, no one knew anything about MCing back. I mean it. It kind of knew, of course, there was Run DMC, there was the Fat Boys, there were, uh, you know, Ice-T, um, all these groups came through Flint, Michigan at, at one point in the early 80s, and uh, so they, they had a grasp on that, but just as far as people grabbing the mic and doing it right off the dome, freestyling, or something that, that you know, a song that they produced, it, it was very rare, and Vic went up. So Vic had, he had, you know, his SV point J, which stood for Slick Vic, the Jamwar, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy went to introduce his name. He's just reading off the card, right? And he was like, Jamwar. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, next up. <laughs> and it just took 
because Vic was geeked. Like he was, he was hype. He was, he was amped. He was ready. Like we were all, you had the Kango on, you know what I mean? Motherfucker had the, the fitted jeans, the Pumas, you know, everybody had their gear on. This dude, and you know, he's ready. And then they just took the steam. He's like, oh, you say your name wrong. Just blows it. So we'll get, we'll get, we'll get Vic to talk about that. But let's, uh, you know, like, that's a, that's a good. I don't know if we want him to talk about that. Does we want to bring it up? Like, it's, I'm going to have to go in. I'm going to have to go in. It's like in. a bad memory. All right, fine. I, don't, I he, didn't want to laugh, but I, I knew it was going to. Maybe he doesn't laugh. remember it. It's like, you know, damn near 25, 30 years. He it, might. I want to, but now I want to know if he remembers it at least, but I don't want to bring up a sore memory. We've talked about it in the podcast plenty of times about the different, you know, I was Doc Chill. You know what I mean? I was, I was the doctor. You still call him SV.J. That's a dope name. <laughs> that's, a, that's a dope, by today's standards, that's like, a dope name. It's, it's just funny to me that it's just his name. Slick Vic might not go over so well. <laughs> you know what I mean? That might not go over so well today. Oh, that's funny. But that's great. yeah, I'm SV, looking forward to this. SV.J. <laughs> so with no further ado, let's get uh let's get Vic on the phone. Vic. What's happening? What's happening? I'm sitting here with my co hostess with the mostess. You know what I mean? Chilling Miriam Tazi. I got uh, uh, Vic on the phone from Flint, Michigan. What's up? Yes, indeed. How you doing, Mary? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for being on the show. I'm good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Malcolm, you're here, too. Hi, Malcolm. It's right. Everyone loves Miriam. That's what's up. So at the at the top of the podcast, we already did a, a brief intro, letting uh, letting the audience know our relationship growing up in Flint, Michigan, of course. And uh, uh-huh. I've had a, I've had uh, Rico on the phone uh, uh, on the show a couple few times already. Just you know, just talking about uh, Flint, Michigan, and w- you know what it's really like there. You know the the, the nitty gritty, so to speak, and. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you why, why why don't you kind of take us uh, through a tour of of what it was like your early years in Flint, Michigan? Oh man, well, I guess Flint, you know, as a uh, as an early young, um, I can I can remember when Flint used to be all right, you know, really before um, GM really pulled out of Flint. Flint was an okay, an, an okay place. Yeah. And, uh, particularly, you know, my, my dad, he was, um, he was in the construction work and whatnot, um, cement masonry particularly. And, um, I can remember when I was a, a kid, my dad he used to have his own business and, uh, you know, did a lot of cement, uh, work and stuff like that. But, um, as GM began to pull out a lot of the, you know, mom and pop businesses and stuff like that really lost footing. And, um, particularly my, my dad, he lost his, uh, his business. And, uh, you know, you just kind of watched Flint just continue to, to spiral downward. And, you know, uh, from a, a early youth into my, my teenage years, I can remember how, uh, the drugs and, and, and crack 
really came into Flint and just ravaged the place. And, you know, one of the uh, scenes that really stands out in my head to this day, I mean, it's just as clear as it happened yesterday, um, was at certain times of the, the month, I guess, you know, when people would get their checks, First. you would see the, the the crackheads, I mean, just flooding to the crack house. There was a, a house right across the street from us. And I suppose they they sold dope out of it. And I can remember vividly um, just like droves of people going to get their uh, their, their crack fix. Yeah, that was and, a uh, that was a weird time. That was a that was a bizarre time because you remember when we were coming up, right? I mean, we 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 pretty much we did the same thing as any child would do anywhere in America. We play football, but we didn't have a you know a nice field, so we we played it in the streets. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. We, we you know we, we yeah yeah we we you know we would go to school. Uh, we play video games. Uh, we we all didn't have you know the luxury of having you know at that at that time a, a system like every child has today. But we go to someone's house, play video games. So we were doing that stuff. But it was weird because it's like you just said, right around. I mean, not even around the corner. Right across the street, there was a dope house. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how your parents were feeling. You know what I mean? Like just knowing that they want you guys to to be raised right and not be influenced and stuff like that and how the responsibility and just knowing that, okay, you're going to go to school. I'm going to let you out in the streets and this is what you're going to be exposed to. And the fear, you know, of a parent just, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, hopefully he comes home, you know, okay. Like, I just don't know the, I'm not a parent, so I just, I worry even today, you know, but in that kind of environment as well, I just wonder how a parent feels and how they can just be like, okay, I'm going to just trust, trust this, you know, and just hope that hope for the best, you well, know, I just don't know how I would handle that as a parent. Well, maybe Vic can, cause I, I know, I, you know, I knew Vic's mom and, and dad, I knew his, I know his family and as he knows mine, maybe you can shed some light. Like mm-hmm. what, what were some of the things that, that your parents would say to you? Or, or some of the values that they would instill in you to, you know, uh, beware of your environment and to steer clear of such trouble. Yeah, you, you know, as a kid, the, the your parents, they try to tell you things, but you really don't grasp the, the full concept of what it is that they're trying to tell you, particularly my dad. Uh, he, he was telling me how, you know, you really have to be careful with who you let into your circle and, and people that... Uh, you know, you can't trust. And evidently, you know, some things happened to him as far as, uh, you know, business related. And, uh, you know, as a kid, you, you just can't understand how or what it is he's trying to say when, you know, you have to be careful because people will quickly stab you in the back. You know, one minute they're they're smiling in your face, but the minute you turn around, uh, you know, they're, they're putting a dagger in your back. And I really didn't grasp it, you know, until I got older. But, um, yeah, these these were things that um, that that my dad was really trying to uh, enlighten me to, and you know he he did his best to make sure that um, you know I had the, the the right crowd around me, or I didn't get involved with the wrong crowd because he knew what was happening out there in those streets, and he saw a lot of things that I didn't see, and it wasn't so much that uh, that I was sheltered. I mean, you know how we came up, you know, we weren't sheltered. But my dad, he had a lot of influence over, you know, who I was able to hang out with, places I could go and, you know, times of day that I could actually be out in the streets just, you know, uh, doing whatever. 
So I'm I'm really appreciative of that. And then, you know, my, my mother, she uh she was really careful with who I uh I hung out with and who I who I would allow to come to the house and, and different things and you know, <laughs> it's crazy. My my dad, he was he was so uh adamant about certain things. If if a kid didn't have the right name, <laughs> he didn't want me hanging around that person. <laughs> <laughs> Like what kind of name? Now I'm curious. Like what's the that's the wrong name? <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah, there's one particular name I don't want to. Just All right, say no, it, don't say I'm, it. I'm it's friends fine. with the guy now. <laughs> now he's going, he's going well, and so I don't. But but no. yeah, it really came no, down understand. to things as uh, I don't know as simple as that. Yeah, and you know, it, funny. when you you know, if to, just to give the the listeners a visual, I mean, we we came from the uh, south side of Flint, Michigan, and uh, it's it's mm-hmm. we all had respect for the elders. Meaning, I I I lived with my grandparents right. growing up. If we were at Victor sitting on Victor's porch, uh, you know, if his dad or his mom, you know, if we did anything that was out of line, we knew we were going to get checked. Um, you know, and and they had the the right to check us. You know what I mean? We go down to Earl's. Kitten was okay. there. Um, so if she said something, that was law. Mm-hmm. You know, wherever we went within the hood, you know what I mean? We knew, we knew. You know, we knew how to. We were kids. We would get out of line and 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 stuff like that. Uh, we would push the limits, but we we knew how far to go. And we also were were smart. Victor brought uh, brought up the point about knowing who to hang out with we pretty much hung out in our own set and you learn that in flint michigan Mm -hmm. that you know you don't do a lot of things alone in flint michigan and i've talked about that on the Mm -hmm. show i mean i remember going out on a friday night you go to the movies you wouldn't go you wouldn't just go on a date if you were going out with a girl you would bring a couple few people with you just because you know i do the same thing in africa too yeah i mean you just it, it, it just I understand. And I, I see what Miriam was saying about as a parent, you know, how do you, you know, how can you, how can you have faith and trust the, the, the area around you? But you, you kind of just, you, you know, it's, it, you hope for the best. Yeah. Well, that's you know? what I'm saying. You and, just and, have to do that. But. And I remember learning fast. I mean, everything from, you know, just hanging out, walking to school. We'd walk to school. We'd walk to school in groups. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, I think I think the first time I got jacked was when I walked home by myself, and I walked oh, home. Yeah, yeah, that was like the, one of the first times, and and uh, uh, you know I remember that to this day, and it's not a, wasn't a good feeling at the time, but it's like you said, in, in at that point in the eighties where everything started started taking place with with GM leaving, uh, jobs closing. Uh-huh. Uh, crack cocaine crack was just in full force in every neighborhood i mean you were yeah you remember you were you were you were either slinging dope you were working in a dope house you know or um you're trying to steer clear of all the madness you know trying Mm -hmm. to go to school people going to church you know but far as people going to work i mean it was a few i mean it, it was it was weird Well, there were no jobs yeah, it was it was it was yeah. a, it was a weird time and it was like we were just 
we were we, we it, it was like we were in a video game trying to navigate through all this madness before it consumed you. Did right. you did you ever get that feeling like at some point the environment was going to consume you? Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, by the time I turned eighteen, I knew that I had to get out of Flint, and you know, I joined the army immediately after uh, after graduating from from high school. But I knew that if I stayed in Flint things were, were not going to work out for, for you boys. So I, I had to get out of there, you know, and, and we saw so many of our friends, you know, uh, get locked up and, and different things happening. And I just, I came to the conclusion, man, no, this, I can't go out like that. I got to go. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things I've talked about on this show is, is, you know, when we start out, I don't care if you're in Flint, I don't care if you're in, you know, Ohio, um, any any state that has a, a Flint, Michigan, we don't start out, you know, as gangsters, pimps, pushers, you know what I mean, quote unquote thugs. You know, we want the same mm-hmm. thing. We want the, we want the same thing that everyone else has. We want to enjoy our childhood and grow up and have the same opportunity. But it's it's bizarre because, uh, especially when you look at Flint, Michigan today and yesterday not much has changed Mm -hmm. and it's only now because of the water crisis that people are putting an extreme amount of focus on Flint, Michigan, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, it's, 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 it's bizarre to me because of the way the politicians will use Flint. And I wonder Mm -hmm. once they're elected, once they get what they want, you know, will, will the conversation be still focused on Flint? What do you think? Exactly. I think they'll, you know, it'll be like a ship in the night. It's come and it's gone. You know, what I personally believe is happening in Flint is, uh, you know, it's a $10 word, but it's the regentrification process. And, And you see it happening all around America. You know, you'll have a particular city or town or whatnot that's that's really bustling. And then you'll see, uh, you know, different businesses and things like that take a plunge. And then you'll see the, uh, you know, the local economies crashing and, and different things happen. And then uh, years later, you'll see businesses come back into those cities and all those places that dried up and all those people that left, you have a new population of people coming into those um into those areas, particularly those those persons of of uh, of uh, higher class, you know, the, the higher class echelons of folks, they they move back into those places. They establish uh, businesses and whatnot, and they buy up all that property and land that the the poor folks left behind, and it, it's almost like a monopoly. And and you see the the you know the well off folks uh, buying up these these pieces of real estate. And it's it's pretty sad because it's at the expense of the common man. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, again, I think we're in alignment on that. You know, I think that's there's uh, there, there's a bigger picture that we need to pay attention to, also. And there are people who are like, as you just painted the picture, there are opportunists out there that are looking not just far as this election cycle, but they're looking 10, 15, 20, 25 years from now, mm-hmm. you know, wh- where's exactly. it going to be? And, and if you look at the, if you look at that area, you know, 
it's a gold mine far as resources. It's near. It's right there mm-hmm. near the Great Lakes. Water is something that uh, you know. If you don't know by now, I mean, it's it's worth more than than gold. I mean, it's hot commodity. It is a seriously hot commodity, mm-hmm. and uh, you're you know, it makes me think. You know what the the bigger plan is that's going on there, and you know it's it, uh-huh. it's so quick to dismiss the disenfranchised, the poor, the people of color. Have time and time again, history. If one thing history has taught us is that it, it they have been dismissed throughout mm-hmm. the centuries, and not just in 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 the, this current time and space. But uh, I think people need right. to need to pay attention because what's going on in Flint, it's happening in Baltimore. You know what I mean? It's happening in uh-huh. Ohio. It's happening all over. It's happening, you know, outside of the country. It's it's not a new mm-hmm. it's not a new story, and uh, I think it's something that we need to. Luckily, we need to uh, continue to raise hell, and and luckily we're in this era where we have this uh, news cycle, this this twenty four hours, and we have Twitter and social media, and people are speaking speaking up and 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 showing the truth. But we we also need to make sure that yeah we're we're staying on top and uh, uh, protecting our community and, and the people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, getting back, I totally agree. Yeah, get, getting back though um, to us, you know, us coming up before the water crisis. Cause I've talked about when I was growing up, you know, I remember two things on the stove at grandma's house. I remember us boiling water, right? We'd boil water. And of mm-hmm. course I remember her hot comb. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's two things. There's two things on the stove at all times. And, uh, you right. know, boiling water was always something. I mean, I'm, again, what, what, what's going on in Flint right now with them switching the the water system? I mean, the Flint River. We were always told. You remember when, 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 when people from the hood would go and they go. You know, I think they would go fishing for carp in the in the Flint River. Yeah, but but no one would eat it. You know what I mean? Right. But that's just, that was just something we had yeah. to, to do to pass the time. You go there, you know, throw rocks, skip rocks, play by the throw the fish back in. Yeah, it's carp. I mean, what are you, you going to do? You know? Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. For for as long as, as I can remember, the Flint River has never been, you know, a body of water that was uh, worth anything. It was a filthy, trashy uh, river. No swimming? You know, you, you didn't play in People died in it. I mean, yeah, uh, other things happened down in the Flint River. I yeah. mean, it's just nasty. Let's, but, let's make that the water then for everybody to drink. Really? But understand, we were we were, we were were kids exactly. and knew this. Kids know this. I mean, you go to any suburb of Washington, D.C. Or, or, or Los Angeles or anywhere. It's um, like the Potomac. Would you swim in the Potomac? Would I? I think I have. I think I have. Yeah, they got they got fish in the Potomac River with feet. <laughs> <laughs> These things can get out the water and walk. God. What the hell? What are they? I forget what's called like a black. Sna- uh, what are they? I can't I remember know. what they're called. They're nasty. That's so weird. It's just not right. Yeah, but just just growing up, I mean. Let's let's talk about other adventures you had growing up. Do you remember? 
growing up, I've talked about this on the show too. Uh, within that evolution, of course, we've had the crime, we had the crack, we had no jobs, but somehow we always found a way to entertain ourselves. And we started entertaining ourselves through music and, and through movies, television. There wasn't a lot of, it wasn't really a lot of TV stations. I mean, there was cable. I think Gene had cable, my aunt, but we didn't have it in our house. So we'd have to go over next door to watch certain programs and, uh, and we would watch like, yeah, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then the brother, we take the butter knife and slide it down in the knob and try to half tweak it just so a channel could come in. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, the good old days. Man, we we had we had Jack. We had so little, and 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 we'd watch like martial arts movies. Do you remember? Remember the brothers used to run around in kung. Fu? <laughs> Do you remember how many people wore kung fu out- outfits? Yeah. Do you, how many people in the neighborhood wore yeah. Chinese garb? Please tell us. <laughs> I would say about a hundred percent. Really? I'm telling Everybody? you. Everybody. Everyone had to have a pair of those Chinese, those Chinese fighting shoes. The slippers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you remember they had the the, the Chinese tops with the strings. They would tie it together? Oh, yeah. Oh, let me tell you. You know, they used to have the uh, the little outlet stores down uh, downtown by the riverfront. All those storefronts. Yeah. And uh, they, had one, they had one little specialty shop in there. They had all of the uh, uh, martial arts uh, clothes and gear and stuff in it. The little stars and swords and <laughs> outfits and shoes. And I saw a little outfit down there, and I tell you, I wanted one. I wanted to look like a Shaolin master. <laughs> and my pop, he would not buy me that outfit. I cried and I cried Aww. for that outfit. <laughs> oh, man, he finally gave me the money and said, boy, go get it. Get out of here. I'm not kidding. I, I, I remember seeing Fred, you, Trey. It, it, I don't think I ever saw Earl in a Chinese outfit, but everyone would come up and they'd have their like sleeves, their their hands tucked in so you couldn't see their hands, both hands, and you know like these like like these dudes were there was there were no kung fu masters in our neighborhood. Oh god! Did any remember. of them actually know any kung fu though? They they would teach themselves. Okay. Yeah, How? They, oh, yeah. From no, the movie? No, they would get together. Like someone might have took a course okay. or a class. Like Andre Pringle and them might have took something and they would show. And then oh. they, had, they had manuals back then. Yeah. So you go to the library, you go to yeah. one of those stores and you get the book. Right. And it would have all the moves that you could the do the stances. poses. Yeah, you would you'd get into the stance. And that was, that was a dominant theme. Between that theme, ninjas and kung fu in our oh, neighborhood, wow. as was people would dress up and try to imitate Prince. Do you remember, do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, man. Is it not true? Yeah. I mean, I've been talking about it in the podcast. This, 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 this is very true. <laughs> with, the little, with, the little, with the little toothy curl coming out in the oh front and everything. God. This is too much. I can't handle this. So, this is too much for so, me. The, the, the parallel for wait, me is just too I'm, much. No, Prince glad. and ninjas. No. For me, I can't get over the combination. I'm it's not making just this too up. great for me. Vic, Vic I've been talking about this for... This is, oh. Vic, this is the 149th episode, and I've been talking about this era ever since episode one. 
And everyone here <laughs> looks at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. There was ninjas and they yeah. were they were legionnaires of Prince and in, 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 in Flint, Michigan, sometimes they were both because my brother, Trey, was both. He would he was a kung fu martial artist by day and then he would switch like Clark motherfucking Kent. Oh he would switch and then he would be Prince. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Tell me. Oh, yeah. Trey used to get down. <laughs> Tell me I'm lying, and I mean we had, of course, we had local ce- we had local celebrities like ready for the for uh, for the world, right? RFTW. Oh yeah, that's right, you did. But all uh-huh. of them, all of them were birthed from you know Prince, all of that that whole era. I mean, yeah. the barges, Jerry curls were in full force. Oh my god! Straight oh, up, man. So much oil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starter jackets. Prince. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it was it was it was uh that era that, that, that where we would find we, you know we'd find peace, we would find humor, uh how do we navigate through the chaos, through through stuff like that. And then, you know, um we on top of that, of course, those were the early days of of hip hop. And you know, we started yeah. we started experimenting and like I said, every neighborhood in Flint, Michigan had a crew. Every street had a crew. I mean, it's just it's it's just how oh, it yeah. was, and uh, you know, we were talking before you we called, got you on the phone. We were talking about, and I've talked about this on the show many a times. And again, Vic, people laugh at me <laughs> when I talk about the early evolution of your b boy MC name, right? And I said, you know, I had many. I I, I was I, my one of my first one was was Kid Fresh. <laughs> I was Kid Fresh, uh-huh. and then I was Doc Chill. <laughs> oh, yeah, Doc Chill. <laughs> yeah, that does not suit him one bit. Not at all. That's hilarious to me. You are not the chill. You are not anything close to chill ever, and you're nothing to do with a doctor. It just does not. No, nothing. Like, nothing. <laughs> no, that. That's that that was Malcolm all day. Yeah, Doc right. Chill. <laughs> Doc Chill. Man, I, you, you were like the first one. You were like the first one uh, to break out with the with the bomber jacket. Of yeah. course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course. You know what I'm saying? With the, with the uh, I'm trying to describe it. You know what I'm talking about? Those, I, those black jackets. They, they look like they're ribbed almost. Yeah, I got. You know what I'm talking about. I got. They have the 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 in them. Yeah, I got pictures of them. <laughs> yes, I know exactly. I've talked about it on this show. Yeah, no, I mean that 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 <laughs> nothing's really changed with me actually. <laughs> I still wear Adidas. Yeah, I still wear Adidas. I still yeah. You know what I mean? Nothing's nothing has really uh really changed when it comes to that evolution. But uh, yeah, we were talking about um. You know, just that whole thing—the concept of you, you, you owning—and tell us how important that was to you. You owning your name and and what it meant to be an to be an MC or just a B boy in that area. Tell tell us what that meant to you coming up. Oh man, you know, I was infatuated with with the whole rap thing. You know, um, to be an MC, I mean that that meant that you were willing to take and and not only take them on but but you had to 
you know, you had to take all of them out. You had to be the guy that was on the King of the Hill. And, um, you know, for instance, uh, one of my names that, that, uh, that you still refer to me by, uh, SV Point J, <laughs> Slick Victor Jamwar. <laughs> oh, man, that's just, um, you know, it, 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 I, I guess it just kind of uh, encapsulates my whole mindset, you know, Slick Vic. I'm not just, you know, a regular Vic, but I'm slick with the, uh, with the, slick with the way the words are put together. You know, and then uh, Jamwar, that was, actually, that was a name that, that Vincent came up with, my brother Vincent. And we were sitting around one day, and he said, you know what a good name is? And I was like, what? And he said, Jamwar. I said, Jamwar? He said, yeah, it's like, you know, the the Jaguar, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the cat. And then, but you put, you know, jam on front of it. So, you know, you're like a jamming cat. You know, you're like this big, powerful cat, man. But but you really, you really get down. You know, jam was, was a, a major word back in the days, you know, yeah. for jamming the house and different things, whatever. And uh, like I said, when he, when, he, when he pitched it to me, I was like, yeah, that is nice, man, Jamwar. So I, uh, I, I adopted that name for a while, Jamwar. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember it. And I, to this day, I love, I love the whole SV point J you'll always be SV point J to me. I'll call you that. It would be 60, 70 years old. I'll call you SV point J. I mean, that, that's the deal. Uh, but you talked about, you hit on a, a specific point about owning your, your, your craft and battling everyone. Talk, talk to me about, mm-hmm. talk to me about, because you know we 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 hear about the Drake and the Meek Mill uh, battle and stuff like that. We hear about these MCs, but they don't do it as much as as they used to do it. the The importance right. of battling, uh, you know, it was paramount. Not just just in the, on 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 our level of uh, of 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 representing, you know, the the hip hop culture and rap music, but what it you know. How many battles do you think you 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 participated in, uh, in when we were in, I guess, high school? I mean, you would oh, battle. Man. I just remember all the time. Yeah. Right. We we were we were continually going at it. I mean, at least once or twice a week. I mean, you know, somebody will roll up. I mean, you know, I, I might be uh might might be stretching it a little bit. I mean. It was a ritual every day yeah. we'd get in there. And if we weren't battling somebody, we were just rapping. You know, Earl would be beatboxing. Sometimes we'd go to the bathroom and uh, and, and he'd drop it. Or we'd be right there in, in front of uh, Hold Southwestern, on. right? You know, when one comes in. Stop right there. <laughs> you said something. Okay, I want you to clarify uh-huh. on this. I want you to clarify. You said, we would go into the bathroom. <laughs> All right, please tell this tell these people the reason why you go into the bathroom. Earl would go to like one of the corners of the bathroom and 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 he would beatbox into the corner and the bass would would reverberate so great. I mean, it was like like a cat was in there on the drums getting down. I mean, awesome. it, you heard it all throughout you know, the bathroom, you could hear it out into the hallways. I mean, that bass was dropping. Awesome. And, uh, you know, and everyone would crowd around. Sometimes we'd battle in the bathroom. And that was just, 
a, a primitive format where we would just go at it. The acoustics. That's what gladiators <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was very much gladiators. And that bass, I mean, that was something that was something that was it was so important as a as it, especially as a beatboxer to have that yes the the acoustics and it's something that I think yeah. when I listen to beatboxers today you know it's it's not even important you know what I mean it's not even you know yeah. you I hear like Justin Timberlake and I hear some yeah, of these they just have a mic close up to their mouth and it's just like okay but it's not it's not the art I hope it's not lost but it feels like it's it's kind of getting lost it, the tra- like the classic you know beatboxing you you have to dig you have to dig and yeah. find the beatboxers today yeah. because beatboxing DJing of course has evolved quite a bit um but yeah. uh and and so as MCing I mean I mean like you said you were battling I mean I remember we would crew up and we would go to different neighbor we would go into harmful territory to battle you know some of these some of these hard you know areas in flint michigan do you remember and we would just go to different neighborhoods and it was a battle it wasn't how did you know someone wanted to battle with you in that neighborhood because that that was their dude we would just hear it okay you know what i mean we didn't have twitter we didn't have cell phones like how did you hear about it? how did we hear about it if i just word would get around right right yeah yeah, they'd be like, you know, there's there's this cat over on on the north side. His name is such and such, and uh, and dude can spit. You know, um, hey, let's go and check this guy out. I remember um, particularly uh, uh, Ira Dorsey. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know the guy, but but John knew him. Yeah, and John was like, man, I got I got my homeboy Ira, man. This joking, man. You know, he can spit. Well, it wasn't spit back then. It was a, uh, you know, he can rap, man. He can flow. I think he used the word flow walking. This cat can flow. And um, he was like, um, you might want to battle him. I was like, yeah, I'll battle him. And, and John, he went and talked with Ira, and, and he hooked it up. And, and one day, lo and behold, John and Ira and a couple other cats, they're at the, at the, at the door, and they want to go down in the basement and battle. And, <laughs> so you know me. I obliged the guy. We went down in the basement and got it on. And, and Vic- but that's how a lot of them that. Yeah, Vic was so crafty with his 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 wordplay. Vic had rhymes in Japanese. What? You remember that? <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. This dude would teach himself. It, it's funny though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you say it's? Funny? I, I would I would look up simple little words and put them together, and, and people would be like, "Oh man, did you hear this cat?" But really, I I didn't have a clue what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but the mind of I mean, a, basic words, of course, but. yeah. But the mind of a, of a sixteen year old, you know what I mean? You you just you were blown, oh, yeah. you were blown away. Um, yeah, the uh, I mean, and and again, the the that scene in the eighties. I mean, there weren't any really big. Um, I, I mean, we had. I think who who came out of Flint, Michigan? That it, it was big breed, right? MC uh-huh. Breed, right? Um, so we had, we yep. had him and he was around the same time as you, uh, right. Coming mm-hmm. up. I, I think I, I yep. don't, I never met him, uh, personally, uh, but I always heard rumblings and I heard, you know, talk. Yep. I don't know if you ever battled him or, 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 uh, or, or met him before, but I know it was around the same time uh, coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, um, we had, uh, 
you know, just that whole that whole time period was unique to the fact that that yeah. that we were just we didn't have the equipment that we we have today. Like I've seen pictures of your setup, and you know, I'm looking at right now in front of me. I've got this mixing board, got computers, got displays. You know, I got all this these wires and, and craziness. If we would have had, what would we have done if we would have had this equipment back then? Oh man, yeah, I, I think uh, I think we definitely be in a, in a spotlight somewhere. You know, we we would have definitely made our mark. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, if we had just fraction of the gear that, that we have these days, if we would have had that back then, we definitely would have made a mark. You'd be, you'd you've been gods because you remember how important it was at that time just just to have a piece of equipment or to to find a place where they had an open mic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just to just just to just to get on the mic and actually actual stage and microphone. How important that was! You remember that time we went to uh, the Micatam? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that time? And you got on the mic oh, there. Yeah. They had an open mic. I mean, do you remember how that uh-huh. feeling of just that build up that you're actually going to rock the mic for a second? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And the guy pronounced. I think they they put on. <laughs> And the guy they pronounced your name wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. You had the instrumental. Do you remember when the guy announced your name? Oh yeah. What did he say? He was like Jamar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamar. Like, Jamar guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You remember that shit, man? You were. Yeah, you were. You were pissed. I think you were pissed for like a week after that. <laughs> You're like I can't believe you said my name wrong. <laughs> yeah, how do you mess that up? You know? <laughs> and then, then you and yeah, and then you remember. Uh, I remember we we did some stuff with my old man, and I joke about this to this day on on social media when we did the uh, the campaign. Right, we had to produce a campaign to vote for Woody. Oh yeah, Woody Efferly. Yep. He was running for I can't remember what position he was running for, but but uh, Vic did a uh, basic uh, rap and it was it got played all over the radio. Really, it was huge. <laughs> it was it was a moment in time for us that was just <laughs> huge to get on the radio. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh man! And to this to this day, I on my brother's post on Fred's whenever they post something, sometimes just random. I'll just say vote for Woody. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> Certain people know what I'm talking about, and I'll do it to you. Like, vote for Woody. <laughs> you know, but it was, it was a, it was definitely one of those, one of those unique periods. And you know, I liken it. I always tell people, I was like, you know what? The only, the only difference between fucking New York, you know, hip hop, and in the '80s and Flint hip hop was pretty much accessibility. New York was actually the center of the universe far as hip hop and we were kind of the forgotten few you know what i mean had we had that yeah. equipment had we had that exposure the media attention and stuff like that you would probably see a lot more mc breeds out there as well and i would bet your name would have been on top of that uh you know uh, on, on top of that list because i mean your reputation in flint michigan was a destroyer 
because of the the amount of, of battles that you were in. Yeah. Do you ever reflect? Wow. Do you ever reflect on that? Do you ever, you know, just sit back and and think about those days? I, I do, man. There's a lot of times where um, <clears throat> I, I I talk to my son and and I, I tell him about those old experiences and stuff like that. And sometimes, you know, I don't regret that I went to the army. I, I really, uh, I'm, I'm glad I did it. You know, a lot of good things have happened to me since then, but. You know, there's always a side of you that that kind of goes back in in in, retro, in retrospect, and you think, man, you know, what if I would have really stayed with it and pushed the envelope? You know, there's no telling what what I could have did, and you know that that those thoughts they always that we're older and stuff. You know, we're almost getting out of our prime. You know, you think, man, those days, man. What if what if we would have, you know, what if we would have stayed with it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's it, just just because what you know now, and then you hear some of the some of the stuff that's produced now, uh, and, and especially mm-hmm. some of the stuff that gets a pass as as being you know epic or being uh, you know uh, game changing. Which even back in in eighties and nineties, you know, it, it's subpar. Some of the stuff that's being produced now. I mean, a lot of it's whack. Yeah. You know. And oh, yeah. there's a, there, there, and there's a lot of lot of dudes, you know, that I've listened to recently. This whack, they got dope beats, mm-hmm. no doubt, but they're making mm-hmm. millions. They're making money hand over fist, and you know they're they're about as good as Gigolo Tony. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, some of these guys are pathetic. We lose him. I don't know. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah I hear you now. Yeah, I'm saying some of these guys that are coming out these days are absolutely pathetic, and and they all sound the same. Yeah. You know, when we were coming up, everyone was trying to be distinct. You know, I'm coming out with my own brand, my own flavor, my own style. Even the uh, the vocals. You know, what I'm saying how you projected your voice. Yeah. The, uh, you know, if if a guy was raspy or if he was like a JRP, Jamel, that felt he had a real raspy voice. When you'd hear him talking, he'd sound like one person. But when that fella started rapping, he sounded like a completely different person. He sounded like an animal that you made to bite your head off. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, JRP. He, was, he, was, he was distinct. But today, like I said, you hear so many rappers, they sound like the next man. And it's like, come on, guy, really, why don't you guys break the mold? You know, do something original. Stop saying what everyone else is saying. Stop trying to sound like everyone else. Sound be yourself. You know, and and show the world what you have. Yeah, it's true. No, yeah, I remember, man. Yeah, JRP. I haven't heard that in a while. I, I interact with Jamel on social media from time to time, but uh, I haven't heard that name, JR. He was a he was a beast. Oh yeah, he was a beast. And then Mario, remember Mario Douglas? Oh yeah, yeah. Them dudes was them Mario. Dudes. Mario, he was, uh, you know, he was, he was very much like uh, myself. You know, he was well rounded. The fella, he did beats. He uh, he could DJ and he could rap. Yeah, you know, and the fella was nice. 
Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy when I when I well, yeah when you when you think about that and, and and Miriam and I talk about it on this show quite a bit, just about how those sounds today all just mesh together, and uh, yeah, probably because there's so much money at stake and and no one wants to actually risk changing up a sound, or yeah. they yeah they don't want to risk taking that chance of being different. Therefore, they yeah. they take the safe route. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's 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 a it's there's some good stuff out there, no doubt. Um, you know, but you de- you definitely have to have to dig, and it's not going to be played on the on the radio so much. I mean, you know, we we pretty right. much we pretty much lived on the radio, on any given night, you know, waiting for them to play something. But uh, it's changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So how long how long are you, are you still in the army? No, I uh, I actually retired uh, this past August. <clears throat> this past when? August. Yeah, you were overseas for quite a bit. How many years did you serve? Twenty-five years total. Um, the last five years was uh, twenty-five. Was actually, in Germany and Italy. Yeah, how'd you like that? Man, I loved it. What Germany part? is beautiful. It gets it gets quite cold there but um germany is real beautiful um italy as well italy is very beautiful you know it has that that country and city you know kind of merged feel um they're very traditional you know but the food is great people are people are are great i loved it yeah yeah no that's why i I didn't even know you were back in the states when you said you were out and out outside of la i was like word i mean that that's that's what's up Oh yeah, and it's it's nice out there. Uh, how how you liking the West Coast? Oh, West Coast is lovely, man. This this weather is uh, is great. I haven't seen a a, a drop of snow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming from Flint, man. I mean, this time it, it's it's probably colder than you know what out there in, in Flint right about now. Do you remember? Um, <laughs> Do you remember walking? You know, I can't stand the cold anymore. So California is yeah. my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You remember walking to school in those cold days? Oh man, man, I used to suck. Oh yeah, I used to hate that. I used to hate it. Yeah, I don't even like thinking about it. Yeah, the California's good. I'll be out there. You, you have to help me out. I've got that. I told you I got that wine event um, that I do at, at Paramount in in Los Angeles. So uh, it'll be a good time for us to to hook up. And uh, oh yeah. Yeah, and, and then we can catch up, uh, you know, when I'm out there. So, uh, real quick, I got um, I got a question for you. Top five MCs of all time. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> top five of all time. Or you can give me your top five growing up if you want, but mine are the same. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I would say growing up. You know, LL was my man. I, I I used to love some LL Cool J. First that was person, my, my LL. Character. First person. She, Something's she, in the water in Flint for you guys to love love LL like that. That's not Vic. Vic. I'm shocked. Vic, Vic, please tell her how nasty people people sleep on Cool J. I'm just surprised that you guys both like. I think it's because of where you grew up. You guys no, have no. a love for LL no. there. That's like uncomparable to other people like in east coast they will never say ll top five man you kidding i don't think so hold hold on maybe maybe not currently 
but of all time, LL, LL, he was the first real solo B-boy. You know what I'm saying? When you think of a battle rapper, he absolutely encapsulates that. He he is the first original raw B-boy battle rapper. When this fella broke out on the scene with, with that Kango and his radio, talking about my radio, believe me, I like it loud. <laughs> He, he put down the gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. y'all be I. All right, you guys have a love for that's fine. I res- don't get me wrong. I respect LL. I love him, but I think I love him for different reasons. But you, you have to under- you have to understand. <laughs> so I'm just being honest. Yeah, she likes him. Of course, who doesn't? Well, Sorry. we're we're talking about his his lyrical skill. I got it. I got it. No, I still like his later stuff. I but it's because of the sex appeal. All you right. Know? All right. Well, let's, let's, but all right. I want to hear the other yeah, ones. Let, let the man Sorry give to his interrupt. top five. Sorry, I was just shocked that that was the first one that came out. Damn, you see what I got to go through, Vic? <laughs> yeah. See there, man. Not so good. Go ahead. So that's one. So, all right, LL definitely rock him. Okay. Um. Uh, I would put Nas. Okay. Oh, Elmo Rockham, Nas. Um, I know I'm gonna make some waves with this one, but uh, <laughs> cannabis. Who? My man, cannabis. All right. Okay. All right. That, that fella is a lyrical genius. The dude. Oh man. Um. So Rockham, LL, cannabis. Nas, and I'd have to say Jay Z. Jay Z came on later in the game, yeah. but when you look at what the fella has done, and I mean Jay Z, he's just an incredible freaking MC. No, so I'd, I'd say that would be my top five of all time. No, that's that's. Res- but there's so many about there that you know that, that come to mind. That's just a few. Yeah, no, I got it. I can't. You're, I, I get, that's a respectable list. Do you have a Do you have a top five group or crew? Mm. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, right now, I think mine, and I, we haven't talked about it on the show, but I know, of course, Run DMC, uh-huh. Public Enemy. Oh yeah. Uh huh. The Juice Crew. I'm gonna put the Juice Crew in there. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? There's no. <laughs> Remember, remember, remember the Juice Crew. You can't sleep. That crew was just vicious, you know. Oh, yeah. um, I I throw uh, I would throw. Oh man, I would throw a Tribe Called Quest in there probably. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I would round it out. It's tough. You don't even have Wu Wu in there. Wu would be yeah. I mean, I could, but I'm Wu didn't come for me till later. Yeah. yeah. Well, around that time, I guess I haven't really given a top five. I could throw Woo. I could throw Dayla in there. I could throw. Uh, um, I could throw. Yeah, I could throw that. You know, I could. I could keep going. I could go Beastie Boys. Uh, one of my favorites oh, yeah. in the '80s. Uh, but if I stri- stick strictly to the '80s, I would probably go Run DMC, Juice Crew, uh, Public Enemy, mm-hmm. um, Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. and uh, the fifth mm-hmm. one. Um, the skinny boys. No, I'm joking. <laughs> In the eighties, I would throw the fat boys. That would be my top five. So they all are from the eighties. The, the, yeah. From the eighties. That would be my so top. You guys are all eighties. Well, for that question, Miriam okay. Tazi, before she, she's getting ready, she's getting ready to jump down my shit. I'm just, asking, I'm just, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know. Now, if I went to the '90s, I'd do. I just didn't know that it was specific for the '80s. I just, I just brought that. You see, Vic, do you see what I got to do? I'm just trying to specify the parameters of the question because it makes it quite difficult to answer if it's not precise. And this woman holds my feet to the coals, Vic. So when I say something, it comes back up. Because he used the word vault a few times for his top five, which is vault has been opened and closed, which I didn't realize was a possibility. I thought it was stuck in the vault. Vic, this isn't true. Okay, I didn't want to get into this. I didn't want to get into this, but this is how this show goes sometimes. (laughs) My top five MCs, and she's she's mad at me because of my top five MCs. My top five MCs is Rakim Allah, so Rakim KRS One, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Big Daddy, oh, yeah. <laughs> Big Daddy Kane, right? Yeah, that's where mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. you know he forgot about Big Daddy Kane, and who reminded him of Big Daddy Kane was Miriam from Lyrics of Fury when she brought it up as her favorite MC. I'm just saying, uh, you can't say that it was in the vault when I reminded you of who was in apparently your vault. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you know, some in my old age, in my old age, you know, sometimes. I fell out of love. It's a it's a known fact that I fell out of love with with rap music and hip hop at some point in the mid to late nineties, right? So you know, I just kind of listened mm-hmm. to other stuff. You know, I just kept didn't really just kind of forgot about you know what I re- the roots. Uh, and uh, I you know as of late, I've got back into it, fell back in love, and reemerged and incorporated that love mm-hmm. in this podcast. So, Miriam Tazi. <laughs> I do remember, just like a lost love, I remember Big Daddy Kane. There's nothing wrong with that, is it, Vic? Not at all. Not at all. That's what I'm talking Every about. Every now and then you need a little something to jog your memory. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So. Yeah, back each other up. That's fine. That's right. I know the truth. It's all, it's all recorded. It's fine. It's a flint thing. But you, you, can, you can think about the top five groups, and when we have you back on, we can, uh, we can go over that. We... Uh, you know, if I if I if I planned this right, we would have done the lyrics of Fury with you, where we uh, find clips online of MCs either going off the dome, freestyling, or you know, play yeah. one of their one of their songs from. Usually, we just find a clip, a video clip, and go at it. And you know, Miriam or would have three, I would have three. But I think we need to get get someone else. Maybe get you back in, and we'll get get you involved in this. Oh man, that that's, that that would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if you want to drop a verse yourself, then you could you could include yourself because I know you're still you're still dropping bars. <laughs> I still got a, a, a few of them locked away in the vault. <laughs> the vault. That's what I'm talking about. How about your son? Is your son embraced hip hop and, and 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 rap music? Yeah, my son, man, he he loves it. You know, he's been talking about, uh, you know, writing and whatnot, you know, writing some songs and, and different things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he hasn't allowed me to, to hear any of his, his. Um, I have, uh, I've read some of his uh, his spoken word. And the fella, he's, he's got a prolific mind. And uh, he's also into DJing and uh, and he wants to get into the uh, the production side of the house as well, you know, beat making and whatnot. Good. So, uh, you know, he's got... He's got his little studio starter kit. He's got some tape and his little MacBook, and yeah. <clears throat> you know he, he's getting started. So uh, when he gets out of college, hopefully, me and him we can link up, and uh, I can show him a couple couple things on the wheels, and uh, you know, kind of get him started as far as uh, uh, you know the the beat and music production, and uh, we'll see where it goes. 
the key thing is uh, encouragement, right? You just got to encourage the, the 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 next generation and the generations to come. Just keep encouraging them because uh, that that's important, I think. Uh, you know, and then just teaching them how to use their resources because God knows they have more resources than we had. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what's up. Um, if you were to give any message to the people of Flint, Michigan, right now, what, what, what would that message be? Wow. Well, I would. Um, man, that that is a loaded question. There's so so many things that um, you know start to come to mind. First of all, I would I would encourage the people to really open up their eyes, hold their politicians, hold their elected officials, hold their feet to the fire. Like you were saying, uh, Miriam, hold your feet to the coals. (laughs) Those people that have been elected to govern and and run uh, the state, the city, to hold those people's feet to the fire and to not settle for anything less than, you know, what it is that they desire from those elected officials. That's what's and so. um, to to stand strong in this time of, uh, in this time of trouble, and um, you know, that's that's really all that I could really say. Yeah, because right, you know, right now, man, there's some kids in there younger than than we were when we were navigating through the chaos in Flint right now, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. this is being injected into their bodies. So I think that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what they're up against, not only the crime, not only the drugs, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're up against a basic human right, which is, uh, yep. you know, water, you know, yep. something that, that, that we all take for granted. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we echo uh, everything that you just said. So, um, you know, the, pe- the people of Flint, Michigan— if any of you are listening, uh, you know, we're with you and, uh, you know, uh, stay strong and uh, keep fighting the fight. SV Point J, yeah. thanks for joining us today. Man, thanks for having me, Adam. It's been a pleasure. My man. And we'll, we'll, you and I will catch up soon. Uh, you, any parting words for the African with attitude, <laughs> a.k.a. Miriam Tazi? Please share them now. Yeah. God. <laughs> Well, it was it was definitely a pleasure um, to speak with the lovely Miriam, and uh, I look forward to doing uh, it again. Definitely, uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing, and uh, yeah, I, I appreciate y'all having me. All right, Thanks, Vic. Man. We'll catch up soon. All right, my man. Take Bye. care, Miriam. Bye. Take care. So yeah, you know what I mean. Retired, served his country. Yeah. MC, B boy, father. You know what I mean? I, you know, yeah, it was fun. Made it out. It was fun going down memory lane, uh, and 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 to you know, kind of uh, hear his experiences, but also for you, you know, to understand that I wasn't making all this stuff up, Miriam Tazi. I never thought you, you were. Know? It's just nice to hear, you know, more backstory. Yeah, it's just is unique time, dangerous time. Still is, still is the same, which is a shame. That it's it, it's uh, dangerous. And again, when I say Flint, Michigan, whenever I say, you know, people of color, black people, you know, I'm, I'm of course I mean, you know, anywhere in the country, any person of color, 
um, any person that's not of color, anyone that's, 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 that's going through hardship, you know, we need to figure a way to help and come together and hold, uh, you know, people uh, in the higher positions, elected officials accountable for this, because with the resources we have today, you know, it's it's unacceptable. Yeah, that's very true. It's unacceptable, but uh, it was definitely a pleasure and an honor to have uh, SV Point J, a.k.a. the Jamwar, a.k.a. Vic, a.k.a. Slick Vic, <laughs> a.k.a. Victor Strange, from Flint, Michigan, Southside, representing Church Street on the podcast. And hopefully I've got a few other uh, people from uh, um, f- in and around Flint, Michigan, that we're going to have on the podcast to continue this Straight out of Flint series. Cool. Right? Cool. Mm-hmm. I need to ask you your top five. You know, but we'll save it. Um, no, I, I heard the, the, you took a deep breath there. It's, it's on. Uh, it's recorded. So I'm going to wait. I saw your eyes the way they... They focused in on me for a second. You got to be careful with the the African with attitude people. So we'll scared. We'll save that for another episode. And as always, Domino motherfucker. What do you think? That's funny. Was it you? You were cracking up. Huh? The LL Cool J thing. <laughs> I had to turn. I had to pot your. You lost your. <laughs> Hey, you lost it. Because that was the first one. Hey. You and him. Hey. No, hold on. I'm telling you. This thing. I'm, not, I'm not wrong. This cool J. No, you have someone from New York. They won't say that. I think you and Flint, like, you guys and Flint have this, like, special love. Your crew, especially. About what? You have this, like, love of LL. Like, the Kangle, the look, all that. Like, maybe it's the light skin brother thing, you know? Maybe that's what it is. Is he light skin too? Vic? Yeah. 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 It's that. That's what it is. <laughs> He's bringing the color into it. God damn. Cool J. Yeah, I get it. Cool J. You women. That's why you love him so much. Now I get it. Cool J. The American Riddle Podcast. Malcolm Riddle. I know you know him. I'm that guy that says Dominic. Motherfucker. Riddle. The American Riddle Podcast.